Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it. Yes, sir! You already know what time it is! It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 92! I'm the definition of... Half man, half drugs, ask the clubs Bad boy, that's what's up, after bucks Crush crews after us, no games, we ain't laughing much Nothing but big things, check the hit list How we twist shit, what change with the name We still here, you're rocking with the best Don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks Who's the boss, dudes is lost Don't think cause I'm iced out, I'ma cool off and if you don't feel me, that means you can't touch me It's ugly, trust me Get it right, dog. we ain't never left We just move in silence and rep to the death It's official, I survived what I've been through Y'all got drama, the saga continues We ain't going nowhere We ain't going nowhere We can't be stopped now Cause it's bad boy for life We ain't going nowhere Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 92 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all support I receive from y'all. Thank you to the essential workers out there busting their ass battling this COVID still. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very Very, very important. And we have breaking news at the top of this hour. I have to let you guys know what's popping. Breaking news. The Bronx Bias Podcast website has been revamped, relaunched, and retooled. It is no longer bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. It is now Bronx biaspod.com and we have a brand new addition to the website the bronx bias blog let me give myself a little air horn let me give myself a little bit of praise so the bronx bias blog will just serve as an extension of this podcast the bronx bias podcast and it's just a place where there will be a series of Uh, you know, writing entries about a diverse array of topics. My first two blogs are posted on the site right now. The official welcome to the Bronx Bias blog and my first official entry 
from king to goat, talking about my man, LeBron James. You know I call myself DeBron, so you know I had to write about my guy, LeBron. Um, if you guys are interested in blog writing or just creative writing or long-form sort of essays on a diverse array of topics, check it out. Uh, check out the Bronx Bias blog. It's available on the new and improved BronxBiasPod.com. Also, it is an open platform. If you are a writer out there, if you are a poet out there, um, if you are someone who just likes to write and you're looking for a place to house some of your work, um, hit me up. Send me an email. Hit me up on social media. Um, tell me about you know the topics that you have or some a piece that you have written previously, and we can work together and I'll publish it. Always make sure I'll give you guys credit. Your author title will be there. A photo will be there if you would like. Um, but this is an open platform, open to everyone out there. You do not have to be from the Bronx to participate in this. If you are a writer, a poet, um, any type of author, and you're interested in having some of your work published, hit me up. We will put it together, put it on the Bronx Bias blog for everyone to read. Um, but I'm really, really excited about this new venture. Thank you guys for the love and support. Um, and, you know, hopefully you guys enjoy what you read. Check out that first blog. Uh, you know, I, I'm really proud of the writing that I was able to do. And uh, hopefully we'll be writing more frequently and posting on there more frequently. So just to recap, the Bronx Bias Podcast website has been revamped. And it is no longer bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. It is now bronxbiaspod.com. The merchandise is there, links to the podcast is there, and also the new Bronx Bias blog is there. Check it out when if you get a chance, if you like listening to the show. Support your boy in any way you can. I'm an independent potter and now writer from the BXMY, so all the support I can receive on there will be greatly, greatly appreciated. And I sincerely, sincerely, sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone on and purchased merchandise from me, and I sincerely appreciate every person in the future who will possibly go on and read some of my work, uh, bronxbiaspod.com. Go check it out. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, great, great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. And I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood and I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song by a collection of amazing artists, and it is called Bad Boy for Life by Black Rob, Mark Curry, and P. Diddy off of the album The Saga Continues. And man, this is what New York used to sound like, yo. This is what New York City used to sound like. I think this album dropped in, what, 2001, if I remember correctly, 2001? Man, how old was I? I think I was, like, eight years old, and it didn't matter. Like, if you went to any cookout, every car rolling down the street, every get-together, any function that you guys had that was happening, I should say, in the summertime, like, Bad Boy for Life was a staple track, yo, and the saga continues was a classic album by P. Diddy and the Bad Boy Family. You had so many classic artists featured on that album. Of course, you had Diddy, you had G. Depp, you had Black Rob, you had Loon. 
Um, I think uh, Eight Ball and MJG were on it. Faith Evans was on it. Mario Winans was on it. Uh, who else was on that album? That I can't remember off the top. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on whoever else, but that's already a stacked list. Like this was one of the greatest posse cut type albums ever. Great producing work. The Neptunes went crazy on this album. Uh, I think the Hitmen was on this album producing some crazy beats. One of the best New York City posse cut albums in in a long, long time. I loved it. Um, as an eight-year-old child, it was like, you know, I was really understanding why, you know, everyone around me was listening to hip-hop because the songs would just get you hype, put you in a good mood. So for you youngins out there, you know, I'm your Uncle Denzel dropping jewels. Your, your Uncle Denzel got some jewels for you. So if you haven't heard The Saga Continues by P. Diddy and the Bad Boy Family, go on your, you know, Apple, Spotify, however you consume music. Check it out. Great album. It's definitely something you should check out if you don't know the history of, of how Diddy and them was putting out music in the early 2000s, late 90s, even into the mid-2000s and the 2010s. Um, it's a great way to start if you haven't, you know, never heard any of those songs. Great song today, Bad Boy for Life. Great way to start the show today. Got me hype, and I'm ready to go. Shout out to Diddy. Shout out to Black Rob. Shout out to Mark Curry. Shout out to the whole Bad Boy family for that amazing song and album. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast, and it is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... The memorial in Washington, D.C., built to commemorate the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, was designed and carved in the Bronx, New York. The Piccarilli brothers, Italian-born sculptors, carved the statue of Lincoln in their studio located at 467 East 142nd Street in the Mont Haven section of the Bronx. These brothers also carved the Senate pediment of the U.S. Capitol building and the Patience and Fortitude Lions located at the New York Public Library's main branch of 42nd Street. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 92. son where'd you find this all right all right we're getting right to it today we have a very 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 special guest it's only special guests that appear here on the bronx bias podcast today we have nelson host santiago who is a bronx-based new yorkian artist and activist nelson thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to me today how are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your program. Thank you. Thank you. Also, I got to make let the people know, my guy Nelson, just like me, we are Bronx-based New York Mets fans. Let them know what time it is, okay? 
Fans yes, are that, true that, that we are. to the orange and blue. Orange and blue. That's right. That's right. I hate on the Yankees, but it's all orange and blue all day. That's right. That's right. So, Nelson, can you tell the people where are some of the places that you can be reached if they want to get in contact with you or see all of the art and all of the work that you do? Uh, thank you. Yes, uh, I. you can reach me. Uh, I have a website. Um, it's uh, nelsonhostsantiago.com. I have uh, my artwork and uh, my bio on there as well. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram. It's uh, nelson underscore host underscore Santiago. Uh, Facebook, Nelson uh, host Santiago. And, uh, and you can also find me in your local live painting event, hopefully soon, once uh, you know the city opens up a little more. All right. All right. So that gets me right into my first question for you, Nelson. So during this time, you know, that we've experienced in COVID, it's been a world changing, a life changing experience that we've had, something that no one could have predicted that was going to happen or infiltrate our world. So how has COVID affected you personally? How has it affected your business? And also, what have you learned about yourself during this time? Um, I will I'll answer uh, the business question first. I mean, uh, I, I think it affected all of us in a certain, um, mostly the same way. I mean, the city could close down and, you know, services were not available, especially in the, uh, I do a lot of live painting events. So there was, a, you know, that was automatic stop. And it hasn't really started again. I mean, there's some some shows like that, but other than not like it was before. Um, personally, um, unfortunately, I lost uh, my aunt and my uncle to COVID. Um, they actually passed away eight or eight hours apart. Um, and then three weeks after that, my uh, aunt and uncle passed away. I lost my mom to COVID as well. Rest in um, peace. My condolences. Thank you. Thank you. Um, which, 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 to be honest, I mean, losing my mother was devastating. Um, but what was the actual worst part was that she was actually alone in the hospital because, unfortunately, it, she, she got sick in April of 2020, which was right in the beginning. Um, and, you know, we didn't know. Everyone didn't know really what was going on. So she had no communication with family she was in a hospital alone she passed away alone and uh, even when her you know i thank god that we actually got to have a funeral for her but the, even the funeral um it was only one day and then the following day was the burial and they wouldn't even let my siblings and i out the car we had to wait in the car while they the priest was did his prayer and then they lowered my mom in the in the cemetery but so that to this day haunts me it literally haunts me and it, 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 it made me um, appreciate the time that I did have with my mom um, more and more so now that I, when I think about it, in fact, every page since she passed away, every painting that I do now, I sign it with her name. I don't sign my name. I only, I sign it her name. I signed it in the back. I put my name in the back, but in the, in the front, I put her name. Um, to be honest, what I learned more than anything else, you know, even though I already knew life's short and, you know, you should make the best of situations, the best with family. I did for the longest time, didn't put myself first in the sense of when it came to health and with health um, in my family in general, uh, we don't 
we don't, you know, we have a very bad history with health, taking care of ourselves, especially the men. You know, I was taught as a young age that, you know, when you grew up, you know, you went, you went to school, you went to work, and then you took care of your family and anything of one personally was secondary. And, and that was the case with myself. Uh, for the longest time, I just was, I was always just on the go. Didn't think about anything else uh, besides, you know, taking care of my family. And um, my health was secondary, but, but, you know, unfortunately it took for my mom passing away to focus on my health. And one of the things that I did was I had a uh, gastric sleeve surgery um, because I was extremely overweight. I had really bad diabetes, even though I had it under control, I was, you know, I was on meds, you, you know, I was taking uh, sh daily shots, pills, and uh i had to do something so i, I had the surgery and um now I'm, now I'm not even diabetic anymore um i'm not on any medication i went down from 272 pounds to my weight now i'm 190. i still got a little more to go but uh, unfortunately it took for my mom passing away for me to realize that you know i have to be here uh, for my kids as well. And my health is important. Right. It was, it's such a, it was such a, uh, I don't even know the right word, but it's just like such a monumental occurrence that it showed so many people, so many different things, you know, personally, what I took from it was I really want to chase my dreams. I don't want to be this guy chained to a desk in an office somewhere doing a job. I really don't care about. I want to really take this opportunity and cultivate something that I think is really special and I'm really passionate about. That's what it showed to me because, you know, tomorrow's not promised. You know, right. no one could have predicted that this type of virus would come and invade the world as it has. Right. And so if I'm living my life the same way I've been living it, not really taking what I want out of this life into consideration because you only get one. Right. You know, if if I look back at 70, not 80, you know, 90 and I'm in my rocking chair and I say, damn, you know, I wish I could have started that podcast. You know, exactly. I never want that feeling, you know, because in my opinion, the question of what if is the hardest question to answer because you never would know, you know, exactly. what if I did it? What if I went for it? You know, so that's what I really learned about it. And I've heard so many stories like yours, people losing family members. And it's such a tragic such a tragic occurrence, but also what I've seen is the resilience and the strength of not only people like yourself, but of the entire borough of the Bronx, the entire city of New York, just so many people getting stronger from this and not letting it, you know, destroy their lives completely. Right. No, you're 100% right. And I think, you know, there is a, there is a point where, uh, and again, it's unfortunate, you know, it had to take COVID, but I think, you know, everyone should you know, look in the mirror and, and you know, and have this experience with themselves and saying that, you know, like in your experience that, you know, about doing the podcast, I mean, a lot of people should do that. A lot of people should say, you know, you know, our time is very limited and we don't know when, you know, it's our time. So um, that's what I did with my health, as you, like you mentioned about your podcast. And then finally with this year, hopefully um, I want to take my art and, you know, the other level, not just, you know, painting, um, for, you know, for the love, because of course I love it. Um, but also, uh, you know, I would like to move forward in whatever way I can to get myself more out there and more exposure and, and you know, and, and see where it'll take me. Don't necessarily mean that I'm going to, you know, going to be this 
famous, you know, artist, you know, Picasso guy, but you know, I got to give it a shot. That's right. That's right. And, and it's something for people to take away from that as well. You know, you, I think people can be very inspired by your story, Nelson, like how much personal tragedy you have faced yet. And still you're so driven and you're so motivated by it that it's not going to stop you from pursuing your dreams and passions. I think that's something that people can really learn from. So I appreciate you sharing that with us today. And I appreciate the resilience that you have. We Bronx Thank strong. Yeah, Bronx strong. Exactly. All right. So Nelson, I want to learn more about you. I want to learn about more about your personal journey and how you got involved into the art world and everything that goes along with that. So first, my question for you is, how did you get the nickname host? Where does that come from? Okay, so well, that came from when I, I when I was when I was growing up in the Bronx. I was, um, I, I grew up in you know in the 174th and Southern Boulevard, mm-hmm. like right off Fairmont Avenue, and um, I would you know it was two things you were surrounded by. You, you were surrounded by burnt down buildings, mm-hmm. and you were surrounded by graffiti. Okay, that's what you were surrounded by. Um, and I had, you know, I would say 90% of my friends were into hip hop and graffiti. So, um, I had a friend of mine, um, his name is Nick. He's a, you know, amazing guy. I, you know, we're still friends to this day. And, uh, he, you know, even though I was, I was dabbling graffiti here and there before that, when he, when he came along and he started, he actually showed me like lettering and how to do styles, whatever. And I was really big into graffiti. I was like, eat, sleep, drink. That's all I wanted to do. Um, and so he gave me the name host. Um, and he gave me the name. I ran with it. Um, I met other graffiti writers after that, um, that I used to hang with. And, you know, that was my experience growing up, um, from, I'll say 10 to you know 2021 um and so i started you know i was raising my family i was like that's all i did was that um did it come with setbacks of course i mean this that's grass life you know but even before graffiti you know i was always as a kid i you know my house i grew up in a house of uh seven uh you know besides my parents there was seven siblings and you know i was the only one that was involved in art and um and I was always painting and drawing and, and things of that nature. But when when I learned of you know hip hop and graffiti, that was my first love, and it's still my love to this day. And that's why if you look at my work, my work still has like that like urban graph look, and and I actually still use items that you know the tools that I used as a graffiti artist, which was you know I still I you know I paint with spray paint, I paint with paint markers. I use acrylics, you know, like a regular artist. But if if you look at my artwork, that you can tell it's more of a, like a cartoonish as well. Because I used to, you know, read comic books, which I still read to this day. Um, and that was by I got that style from. But it, the the whole the name host in general, I know it's a long it's a long answer. Host in general was from a friend of mine that uh, he gave them he gave to. Me. Well, shout out to Nick, man. He 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 put you on now. You gotta yeah, get man. big he, props. He's great, and he's still, you know, one of the premier old school writers that came for this. And that's another thing too. We don't say, you know, people say, uh, you know, some people go, oh, tag up or, or you write. No, you're a writer. You write. Mm-hmm. You're writing your name. That's what you do. 
So why is it, why is, do, do you want people to understand that you call it writing instead of a tag up or, you know, uh, uh, whatever else would be called? I think it's more important now. I, I think before it was, that wasn't the case because yeah, I kind of knew that that was just like the norm that people knew that. But, and it's, it's not a hate against street artists, but mm -hmm. I, I have to be honest with you, it does annoy me when we get um, labeled with them. Those, those people that do street art, those are street artists and, they, you know, they, they do what they do and it's great. But they're not writers. Mm -hmm. They're not graph writers. They're just not. And when they get lumped in or we get lumped in with them or they get lumped in with us, I think it's a little unfair. Especially since a lot of us that um, a lot of street artists are not from New York, they actually moved here from other areas, mm -hmm. and this, and uh, you know graph writers and writers mostly are uh, for the ones in New York get lumped into them for some reason, and uh, it takes away from their accomplishments. Which I don't, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I look at that sideways. So when so when I when I see and I've seen it, I've seen street artists call themselves graffiti artists or they or they say graffiti street art i'm like i'm looking at them like no 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 you're not no sorry when you were coming up as a kid and you first got inspired to start writing your own uh name or your own art where were some of your favorite places around the city to go get where was your some of your number one spots where you made had to make sure that your name was there oh i mean well of course you know, my I always want I made sure that you know that you know my name would be up in the Bronx and people knew. But you know, the goal is to go all city. Mm -hmm. You know, to go all city. Now I I see guys now that their goal is not only all city but around the globe. Because I have yeah. friends that go to Chicago, they go to Europe, and and, and they're still painting to this day. And, and I'm like, I don't know how you guys do this. I cannot do that now. <laughs> but you know, that was their goal. That's the goal now. But that back then, when I'm talking about in the 80s and, and, and early 90s, the goal was to go all city. So, you know, even though I was from the Bronx, you know, my my line was the four line or the D and the B line. Those are my lines. I made sure people knew me down those lines. But the goal was always all city. Are, is your do you, is your name still in some places around where you hit back in no, the day? No. And I've Everything checked, is gone? I've checked, I've Everything checked. is gone? Oh, yeah, it's all gone. Wow. All gone. So that means I mean, we gotta we gotta get some new ones then. Trust me, I thought of it. I thought of it, you know. But you know, if I was maybe like I said, maybe I was twenty five years younger. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and then also, it's you gotta think too. Also, until I would say the early two thousands, you know, when a graffiti writer got you know got caught, depending on what they were doing, most times they're not. They would just let you go. They give you a you know a, you know a fine or whatever. You know, I have friends that have done time. Really? Yeah. You know, I had a friend of mine, you know, I don't want to do his name, but he got a Rico charge. What? He had a Rico charge for graph. They, 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 what they did was they subpoenaed his computer and they took, and they didn't even catch him. What they did was they used his photos of him, what he did on a train against him, and they gave him three years. Damn! As a Rico charge. That's a Rico charge for graph. So, Damn. So, I mean, when you when you hear these things, you know, I, maybe I don't know. I'm just speaking for myself, but I kind of think it. If, it, if this was happening in the '80s, on the night, it might be made me think, think about what I was doing because I used yeah. to be really, really busy, and the friends I used to hang with were really, really busy. Now you get caught, they can they can really make you do time. Wow. 
wow, I wow, I never even thought of anything like that. I thought they make you, you know, sit in the in the jail cell and then you, you know, you get released off. You yeah, make a, you oh, get a court, that, a court yeah. date and yeah, you pay a you know two fifty dollar fine. Yeah, I've been handcuffed to a bench, whatever, waiting for my mom to come get me or something. That's fine. I can deal with that. But going to do years in prison for graft? Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I actually have a follow-up to that, Nelson. What are some of the things, the misconceptions about graph and graph art that you would like to maybe debunk here? You know, I know people have a sort of... Um, maybe unfavorable opinion to graph because of how it's been portrayed and people think that you're dirtying the neighborhoods or things like that. What are some of the negative things about graph and graph art that you would like to dispel today or at least enlighten people more like why they shouldn't think of it in this way? I, I think in general, just the art itself, because I think what happens is I understand people's arguments saying, oh, you know, they don't want to see it everywhere. Or they, you know, oh, it's dirtying the neighborhood, whatever their argument is, right? But I think you have to look past that in a sense you know I'll, I'll tell you like this i've there was a there's a writer his name is nicer and he's from the tats crew he's amazing and the tats crew those guys are amazing he said something in an interview that a lot of people i think should take into account and he they should get more credit for graph is the only american made art wow if you think about it Every other art form came from Europe or came from Africa or came from Europe. But graph itself, the way that you see graph now, was made here by, by us, by black and brown people. Okay? Started with cornbread in Philly, went to New York, uh, with Taki, what have you, down the line, if you think about it. But it's the only, the art itself, the lettering, the coloring, whatever, the art itself was made here. It's the only one. And I would like to, if anyone has any other art form, because any other the art form that Andy Warhol did or Basquiat, that came from Europe. That came from Europe or in Africa. I know they, they care, they, some people compare graphics, uh, graph to hypergraphics, mm -hmm. um, which it does has that vibe. But uh, graph itself, the art form itself, was made here. And it's actually, if you just, you know, take into account the lettering and characters and the colors. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Now, it's does it have its thorns? Yeah, it does. It does. It's like it's like a fish. You know, if fish is great, you know, but it's not so great if you're eating the bones. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's the same thing. So, it, you know, it comes with, the, you know, it's America it comes with the good and the bad come together. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So Nelson, what do you want to convey or what do you want your overall message to be with all of your creations and with your movement in art? Yeah, well, well, my my art my art mostly is based on um my experiences growing up mm -hmm. in the Bronx as a kid. Um also um to bring awareness to issues like um like gentrification, like uh, also like that we're going through right now, especially in the Bronx, it's going yes. through gentrification right now as well. Also, the gentrification and the ongoing issues in Puerto Rico, because mm -hmm. I'm Puerto Rican. Um, I my art brings uh, I bring awareness to that for my paintings, and also the main one is uh, domestic violence. Um, of course, my experience is different uh, with domestic violence than per se a woman's because my you know, my mom 
was um, physically and mentally abused of my dad. But in turn, because of that, a cycle began and she used to mentally, physically abuse my brothers and sisters and I. So that's where my experience comes from. I grew up in that in that household. And for, for the longest time, I didn't understand it. Um, it actually, um, I didn't understand my mom's way of dealing with it and thinking with it. In fact, it put a strain between us. And for years, you know, we weren't close at all. Um, you know, I still respected her and loved her as my mom. Um, but for years, you know, it was, you know, we had, you know, we've, we, rarely, we rarely spoke and, um, and uh, we didn't have a close relationship. Until I, you know, until I grew older and then I understood that, you know, you know, she went through something that built this trauma that she could not, you know, you know, she didn't get any help for. And it, in turn, she just, you know, did it to her children, unfortunately. But, you know, but even with that, you know, she still was a great mom. And, and um, eventually we did get to a point where we had a really, you know, had a relationship. In fact, it was a really good relationship. Unfortunately, you know, she passed away. And we couldn't continue that, um, but uh, uh, I, th that's what most of my art is based on. Hey, all right. Um, do you feel uh, more connected to the art because it comes from such a personal place to you? Like, do you feel like these art, this your art creations are just a, a more of an extension of your soul or your heart? Because I know some people just like to draw, you know, like their favorite comic book characters or their favorite sports people. But because you have such a, you know, you're, you're so uh, impacted, you know, in your from your heart emotionally to it. Do you feel like this is a paints a more accurate picture of who you are? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the one thing about art and whether it was graph or whether it was painting or drawing, when I when there was nothing else there, it was that was always there. Mm -hmm. Art has always been there for me. And it was always my escape. It was always the way I expressed myself. It was always something that I always went back to, even when it wasn't there. Like, uh, like I said, you know, I, once I stopped writing and I just started focusing on my family for years, um, I didn't do any art. And um, when I got divorced, um, when I was 36, 37 years old, um, I was trying to find myself. And the first thing that came up was art. And so it's always been there for me and it always, and it always has been uh, my escape and what I, I, I love to do. Um, so that's why it never mattered to me if I became famous or if, if I got paid from it, whatever. And it's still to the day, it doesn't really, that's not my motivation. Uh, my motivation, my more my motivation, I would say that, you know, it's, art is a, is a gift that God gave me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who am I to waste it? That's right. That's right. I like that. I like that. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. I might steal that. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can take it. You can take it. All right. So Nelson, my next question for you is: How important is it to highlight the borough of the Bronx with all of your work and with all your ventures? You know, for me, it's very important. You know, it, it is it is of the utmost importance for me to have Bronx people appear on the show, for people to understand and know that I am a member of the Bronx community, um, and I you know I call this place home and. In my opinion, there's so many negative connotations that are attached to the Bronx. There's so many negative opinions that are attached to the Bronx. And part of what I want to do on my show is sort of 
dispel a lot of these things and highlight all the great things that have come from the Bronx, all the great people who have come from the Bronx. So with your art, how important is it to just shed a more positive light on this area and the people who reside here? No, it's, it's very important. I, and I also think it's also important how you carry yourself and how you may, how you talk about it. Because when you when you talk about things, you know, if you talk about negative things all the time, all you're going to see is negative. That's all you're going to see. You're going to see you're going to say things like, you know, uh, the Bronx is this and the Bronx is that. So whenever you go there, that's all you're going to see. You're like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, why am I surprised? No, not, I mean, like I was mentioning before, where I grew up at, it wasn't the greatest in the world. But you know what was great? The the neighbor knew my mother. The neighbor knew that my mother knew the neighbor's kids. The kid, the other neighbor upstairs knew these person's kids. Everyone knew everyone. Everyone was very close knit, and everyone watched over everyone. Even though we lived in the middle of you know you know that was not the greatest in the world, and it was still was home. You know, it was still the Bronx. It still was home, and. And especially with the student, with the, with the art, um, I think, you know, I always, you know, for some reason, um, you know, the Bronx is not looked at, even though the Bronx is the home, you know, of hip hop, the creation of hip hop, you know, it's still not looked at as an, an area to go do shows or to have events or, I mean, it has changed a little bit. But still, even to this day, if someone say to you, hey, you're going to have an event, they're talking about, oh, let's do it down in the city mm -hmm. or let's do it in Brooklyn, in you know, especially like Bushwick is gentrified. Let's do it in Bushwick or, or something like that. Um, hopefully, you know, with, there's a lot of places now that are doing a lot of more Bronx events. But I, but I will say this. This is one of my critiques. I've noticed that, you know, they will... They would they would extend the uh, olive branch to people from other boroughs and other areas before Bronx artists right. or before someone that came from the from the borough, right? You know, and that I find you know disappointing. So, what do you think can what what do you think that we can do to sort of change those trends? Like, how do you think that we can highlight our Bronx artists more and that so that they're accepted more? I think that's circles. what you need to do, right? Like what you just mentioned, they, they should. They, these there's, there's people now running galleries in the Bronx that that you know they you know they should reach out to more Bronx artists and not just the circle that they have because that's the other thing too. It's very clicky, mm. very clicky. So you know they just take the you know whatever's around them, know what they know about, and that's it. You know they should it should be extended out more to people that from the Bronx and paint you know or was raised in the Bronx or or what have you. Um, and that's not the case, and not even now with my experience. I, I I'll, I'll give you a great example. I mean, the even though I haven't painted a lot lately because of the pandemic and ever, every event uh, that I did last year, which was a few, was from out of the Bronx. It was from someone else, and and not necessarily the way I'm going out searching for. They actually reached out to me, and that's what I'm talking about. They they you know. We don't get a lot of that here in the Bronx. So, you know, hopefully that's, you know, that would change. And hopefully, you know, they will extend, you know, the, the people that they want to participate in events in the Bronx. And uh, uh, hopefully that's soon, because I think I think it is important. Because, you know, again, I'm not trying to take away from any other boroughs, but there's a lot of artists from those boroughs 
that are already being exposed and ready and they have venues that you can go to all the time whatever and there's very limited ones in the bronx but unfortunately you know they're reaching out for other artists except for the ones that uh, are either raised there or lived there or or, or you know or have been raped or, or are living there now so okay well there's always work to be done i know that for sure right. especially in places like this that have a you know, sort of a un unfortunate negative stigma attached to it. There's so much work to be done and we got to be the ones to do it because right. we the ones who actually know what it's like to live here. And we've had these experiences with the people who reside here and we understand how much beauty is here ourselves. No one right. else could tell a Bronx story other better than a Bronx site. So exactly. we got to really work hard and, and bring our creativity and our positivity to the top. Exactly. Uh, and listen, I'm, I'm available anytime. Anybody wants to... They're having an event or like, I, 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 I'll give you another great example. I, you know, I, a few years ago, I used to do free art lessons for children. Mm. I put, I put flyers out there about, you know, Hey, I'll come to your school. I'll do it. The only people that contacted me was from Brooklyn. Wow. No one from the Bronx. Wow. wow. No one from the Bronx. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about. And, and listen, again, I am, I like I said, I am a I'm Bronx raised. I was born in Harlem, but I'm Bronx raised, period. And I mm -hmm. rep the borough all the time. And anytime that I'm asked that question, no matter where, and I've lived in other areas too. I lived in Queens. I lived in in upstate. Uh, I am from the Bronx, period. That's right. That is right. I love hearing that. So my next question for you, Nelson, is: What are some shortcomings and obstacles that you faced when you first got into art? What were some of the more difficult things that you had to overcome in your beginning stages of becoming an artist? I think it's what I mentioned before. It, it is very clicky. Mm -hmm. It is very clicky, not just in the Bronx, but it, you know, pretty much everywhere. But I think what you do is, you know, you 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 have to put yourself out there. Like I, I have a friend of mine. Um, which she's amazing. Her name is Marta Lisa. She's from, she's from Harlem. Um, she's actually, she actually lives in the Bronx now. She's an amazing artist. And I actually met her on MySpace. Shout okay. out to MySpace. MySpace. This is, we're talking, you know, uh, 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. And um, I had, like I, like I mentioned, I had just gotten divorced and I started, you know, trying to find myself again, trying to see, you know things that i can do to keep myself busy whatever and i started following the art that was on myspace and there was a uh, you know some groups whatever and there was artists and i would follow them whatever and uh one day you know because i was always curious about because she was always at different type of events and and she was going to art shows and she was doing live painting events so i was really curious about it so i reached out to her one day i just sent her a message i said listen you know i just want to say i love what you do i love what your brothers are doing um but, you know, if you can give me some advice, I would like to do the same thing. I mean, how can I get involved the way you are? And, and, and listen, she doesn't, she didn't know me in a hole in the wall. Okay. She just said, she sent me, she messaged me back and said, uh, just come with me. Wow. That's beautiful. That's, that's what she said. Just come with me. She took me to the Bowery Poetry Club down in, down in the, um, in Canal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm down the Bowery, I mean, I'm sorry. And um and it was a live painting event i went with my easel and my canvas and she was like oh just set up here and paint and that's what i did and i was hooked see after that she took me to another place uptown in in in, in barrio 
same thing. And from little by little from there, I built, uh, you know, uh, a repertoire with other artists and, um, and met other artists and did more events and more Brooklyn bands. And, and I think probably like two years after that, they used to play a place called, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name. There was a place in the Bronx, actually off of Freeman in Westchester, that they used to do monthly events there, poetry and art. And uh, that was the first time that I painted at uh, in the Bronx as a live painter. Wow. Wow. So in that, in that time where you were trying to, you know, reach out to people, was it difficult? Well, obviously you got blessed and you met a great person who helped you out. And she's, let me tell you, I just want to add that she's, she was like that with everyone. She mm -hmm. is amazing. She is a beautiful, amazing soul. And we're friends to this day. And uh, she did that for every artist. Mm. She shared any info, uh, even with uh, techniques or how to, you know, paint and you know, what to use on you. She did this with everyone. And she's always been that way. So I, you know, I appreciate and I thank her and I love her for that. What was it? as easy to get other uh help from other artists established when you were trying to reinvent yourself or refine yourself or did you only find that with her she was the only one who would give you that time and attention i mean i i mean there's other people that do yeah there's other people that have but not like like she was you know she like she is i mean i'm sorry um and there's some people yeah and again you run into you know some that doesn't you know just about themselves and that's fine um, and then you find others that, you know, more, they, you know, they like the more the group artists and, and, that, and that's fine as well. Um, I guess it depends. I, I mean, it depends on who it is. You know, it depends on the individual. Um, you know, like anything else. Right, right. So Nelson, what advice would you give to a young person who approached you and said they want to get their own career started in art? What are some great things to tell you, the youth? Um, about art and getting involved with it that you personally have learned that you think it will be impactful to them? Well, the first thing I would tell them is, uh, first, uh, whatever you're doing it with digital or painting or, you know, or what medium you're using, just do your work, do your mm -hmm. paint, do your art and do it the way how you feel and the way you love to do it. Don't let anyone tell you that what you're doing is, is bad or change, whatever. You know, it's okay for someone to help you with techniques or you critique here and there, but there's some people that want to change how you're doing your work. No, don't let anyone do that to you. That's one. <coughs> Excuse me. The second thing is, um, you know, you have to, you do have to put yourself out there like the same way, like I did, like I reached out to, you know, my friend, Mark Alicia. I would tell people to do that. Go to art events, go see what people are, you know, how, you know, how they, what they're doing and how these events go. Um, there's some groups out there that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, they'd send out, um, call for artists, um, you know, uh, memos or what have you, um, you know, take a chance, even if you don't know, apply, you know, and, you know, the, I wouldn't say apply to where you, you know, that, uh, you know, you're paying, you know, because there's some of these things they're asking you for money, but, you know, apply to these places, you know, where they, you know, they're looking for, you know, especially women artists or they're looking for minority artists. I, I would say apply, just apply and see where it goes and take a chance, you know, and, and be confident in yourself. And remember that, again, that your work is your work and there's only one you. And so you're right. unique. That is right. That's right. Um, so 
who are some people or who are some, let me rephrase, who are some influences that have been very impactful to you in your art journey and your art career? For me, I always take notes from people who I deem to be, quote unquote, masters of language, people who speak really well, people who do great interviews, people who have been amazing radio hosts or television hosts, people who are great writers, people who are just masters of this English language that we all speak right now. So those are the people who I hold dear, near and dear to me and who inspire me on the daily. So as an artist, who were some people that you really took some inspiration from or have been really influential to you in your career? Well, like, yeah, like, like I mentioned earlier, my friend, uh, my brother, Nick, uh, you know, he, you know, again, I, I, I have this, you know, amazing uh, luck to have meet people that that would want me, you know, that want me involved in the things that they're doing. And he did that with me with, with the graph. Uh, like I said, my friend, Montalicia with the art, um, uh, as for, as for art events, what have you. I had a friend of mine, um, that she wasn't an artist, but she was, uh, she loved art and she was, uh, art in general. She was into poetry, whatever. She actually passed away right before the beginning of the pandemic. Her name was, um, you know, her name was Kim Possible. Um, she named herself Kim Possible. She was amazing. And it's a friend of mine that, uh, you know, that I, I miss to this day. Um, she was amazing. And, uh, um, but also, I, I, I think a lot of people forget this also. I wanted to mention that, that you matter. And what you do matters. Yes. If it, it and and if you if you like what you do and you like the, the 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 art that you do, that matters a lot. Your feelings matter. Your emotions matter. The way you, the way you love, the way people see you matters. But it matters to you, and people shouldn't forget that. So I always with my art as well. I know for a fact that, and that was something I had to learn. Unfortunately, recently, you know, it happened with losing my mom. But I had to remember that I mattered and my, and my, and the way I feel and the way my experiences are and the things that I do matter. Um, and my art matters. It matters to me. Right. That's right. So uh, piggybacking off of that, that statement that you just made, what keeps you motivated in this space? What is something, obviously the love for it that you have, but what are maybe some other things that keep you motivated to keep trying new things to keep doing new art forms or to just even keep painting, keep drawing and keep connecting with other artists in the community? Well, I think it's the, the competition with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when I look in the mirror, I'm, I'm in competition with that guy. That's right. Uh, you know, the guy that I want to push is that guy, the guy I see in the mirror every day. And, um, and I, but I, but I don't forget, you know, actually where I come from either and what my background is and where, you know, my experiences that I come from, especially, like I mentioned about the uh, the techniques that I use and and, uh, and the medium that I use is important to me. It says it tells my story. You know, a lot of people. The first thing, you know, they tell me. Uh, you know, I tell them all the time. I mean, I'm not a portrait artist. If you look at my artwork, my art is like it has like that urban cartoonish look. And yeah, it, there's a there's a reason why because that's me. And um, and that so that's my motivation. Is the, my motivation is that you know. I push myself. How were you always that way, or did you develop that over time? That that internal motivation to compete with yourself and not anyone else was that something no, I, new, or was I, that always? 
No, no, no. I had to learn that. How long into your career did it take for you to figure that out? Even, uh, to be honest with you, maybe, maybe six, seven years ago, to be mm. honest with you. You know, not that long ago. Because before that, I, I thought, you know, even when I was beginning and, you know, going out, you know, doing events and doing, um, you know, shows or what have you, or gallery sh- events, whatever, I always thought, you know, oh, I have to try to, you know, one up uh, this guy or that. No. No. Even if I'm, you know, even now to the day, like I told you, last year I was in, you know, I know it's because of the pandemic mostly, but there was, in, you know, few events. And but there were some events that uh, people had offered me and I was like, no, it's not for me. It's not. Oh, well, why? You know, just no, like that. Yeah. It just didn't. Because again, it, it would depend on, you know, I, I wasn't just going to do anything anymore. I mean, in the beginning, yeah, you know, I wanted to get my name out there. And whatever. I would, you know, if they were telling me, listen, uh, we're going we're to make this pamphlet and we want to put your picture of the art there. Okay, great. No problem. But now, I, you know, it depends on the pamphlet. It depends on where it's coming from. You know, I would love that, you know, the hip hop museum called me and say, hey, listen, yeah, well, we want to put uh, one of your paintings in the museum. Yeah, I'll, I'll run it over there myself, <laughs> you know. Um, but but other than that, I mean, I, I think it's important where you share you because not everyone's going to understand you. Not everyone's going to get um, your work. Not everyone's going to appreciate your work. So, you know. I, I am very selective now too also about what, you know what I'm gonna what I'm doing with my art. It was is that also a recent thing that you became so, very yeah, more yeah, picky? Oh yeah, maybe like I said, maybe six, seven years, maybe six, seven years, the most. Like I said, before that, you know, I just wanted to be in everything. And right. then and when I didn't get in it, I was disappointed. I was like, oh my God, well, I missed out. And then I think about it now. I'm like, first they didn't go first they didn't, the people that are involved, it didn't move their needle. Right. You know, it's not like I missed out. And second, you know, again, not everything's going to be for me anyway. You know, that's another thing that, unfortunately, you know, I understand in the city, but when I understand between art and poets and musicians, whatever, we're talking about maybe 50 to 60,000 artists in New York City. Wow. You're not going to get into everything. You're not. And, you know, uh, and, and I think, unfortunately, sometimes um, there's some artists that are involved in things that maybe they shouldn't be involved. So um, is, do you have a, a sort of a, a, a wish list of places that you would love to display your art? Like, is there, are there certain places that you want to have house a, a host original piece or, or is it just like whoever wants to receive it can have it? Oh, listen, uh, you know, I would love the Bronx Museum to have one of my paintings in their collection. You know, like I mentioned, the hip hop museum, I would love them to have one of my paintings in their collection. Um, I would love that, uh, you know, that those type of venues are open to, you know, they would reach out or, I, you know, reach to them. It wouldn't be so difficult to do those type of things. Um, and Museo in, in, in the Barrio as well. I would love to, you know, things of that. And, you know, those type of, those type of places like that. I mean, I know someone mentioned the Smithsonian one time to me in DC. I haven't visited yet. I would love to visit the the Smithsonian DC. So I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm there to see if you know if uh, you know I would want to have something displayed there. Are there any other artists that you would like to co- collaborate with? Like, do you have any local artists or international artists that you love their work and you would love to do something with them together? Um, 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I would, you know, and and I know it's possible. So, like I said, people that I've actually since since I started doing this in two thousand and nine, um, I would love to do collab. And I have done collab pieces with like my friend Martelicia. I have a friend, Mia Mia Roman, and she's an amazing um, artist and clothing designer. Uh, I have I actually have something coming up with my boy uh, Nick that I mentioned to you. Um, that we're going to get done in the summertime, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but I work with, you know, depending on the project and depending on what's, you know, the end, the end, the end game on it, I work with any artist, especially anyone from the Bronx. Um, I'm open to it. Right. I love hearing that. You know, I love hearing that. So, Nelson, my next question for you, the last of my quote unquote serious questions for you is, how can we leave a path for the future generation of creators? For me, it's sort of similar to what your friend Martha Licia did for you. You got to be available and take time out to help these young people, these young creators who need a little bit of direction. So if okay. people reach out to Denzel and they say, hey, Denzel, I would love to get involved in podcasting as well. Is there anything that you can tell me? I always make sure to take some time and talk to them about the art and the craft. Because I feel like that is some of the ways that you can help these people who just may have the motivation internally, but don't know the how to dot their I's and cross their T's. So that's very important to me to, to extend the, my arm back to the people who are coming up behind me or the people who like listening to me or the people who just want to get involved. I think that's very important. I think that actually helps so many people with their confidence and with just knowing what to do. So in your opinion, uh, what is a great way that we can leave a path for the future generation of creators? No, you listen. You're 100 percent right, and, and and that's what I do. You you have to play. You have to play it forward. You just have to, especially for you know the, up, the kids coming up. And you know, one thing I always tell kids also, and especially like I, I mentioned to you, I was doing an art class uh, with you know, with kids in Brooklyn. I tell them, listen, with art, there's no mistakes. Right. If you want to paint a fish and paint the fish, the fish blue, yellow, green, whatever that's your creation that's why you see it that's amazing that's you go with it don't let anyone try to take away your shine whatsoever and don't take away the vision that you have of, of something uh you know one thing that I, I hear people say to me is like oh you know I, I don't i can't i can't do what i really want to do because i don't have this certain brush or i don't have this certain ink or i don't have the certain paint you know what Van Gogh and Picasso, whatever, they they have uh, brushes and paintings named after them now, not when they were painting. Yep. You know, so you know to say, oh, I, I don't, I can't, I can't do this because I don't have this certain brush. No, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Do what you do, do it because you love it, and do it the way uh, you see it. Period. That's right. That's right, and that's great advice. I appreciate that as well because the way i do my show you know some i know it's not maybe a traditional way of doing a show or what you know maybe is the quote-unquote formula of how to make a show but i just want to be me you know i want people to understand that this show is going to be tailored to the specifications of denzel exactly. and this is gonna i'm gonna make the show that i like and that i'm proud of and whether people gravitate to it or not i'm not gonna compromise who i am or my art for what 
the general consensus believes is the right way to do something. There's no such thing as a right way to do something. Exactly, exactly. Formula formulas are for supervillains. <laughs> or math. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And Nelson, one thing I do every show as I answer questions from the listeners of the show. It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. It's a great way to keep them listening. And it's a great way to break up the format of our show where I ask you sort of quick questions about your career and you give me your, you know, New York Times level answers. So what I would like to do with you is have you answer some of the questions from the listeners so they can learn a little bit more about Nelson, the host Santiago. Sounds good. Sounds All right. Good. So my first question from the listeners is, what was the worst date that you have ever been on? Okay. I, let, me, let me say it this way. I'm, I'm not going to say it was the worst date, but I, I, I'm going to say it's probably the most interesting date I've ever had in my life. Okay. I was actually, I was living in Fordham Road and I was going to work and I met a girl on the train and, you know, we, we I went up to her, we were talking, we kind of hit it off, whatever. And, um, and, you know, we exchanged phone numbers. So I called her, we talked on the phone and, you know, we set up a day to go out. <laughs> so the day that I go to go pick her up, I go to pick her up at her house. So when I go to pick her up at her house, you know, she's, looking amazing i'm like wow man they must have been really early because i didn't see her that great in the train in the morning but when i saw her that day i was like whoa man <laughs> anyway she said to me said listen you know I, i'm sorry but i i think i'm gonna have to probably cancel because my mom is not well she's in the hospital downtown in 14th street mm. i was like oh uh, i'm sorry to hear that and um i said well if you want i'll I'll just take the train ride with you downtown if you want. And she was like, you really do that? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So, it's not, it's not a problem. So I went with her, did a train ride. I took her on the train to 14. And then she, she said to me, said, well, that you're here. You want to come with me inside the hospital? I just got to go make sure my mom's okay. And I was like, okay. So I was kind of curious about why her mom was in the hospital, but not really. So, and she did say, yes, so, you know, my mom is not well, whatever. And, okay, no problem. We get into the hospital, we go upstairs. Literally, right across is the room where her mother's at. And she is throwing a fit. She is like, the mother is throwing a fit. She is in her gown, kicking her legs, her arms, whatever. Everything exposed. What? So I saw the mom naked before the daughter. The doctors are trying to calm her down, whatever. The mother, she comes, she literally comes up to her, the doctor, and says, and I kind of have a feeling now that she knew what was the issue, but she just didn't want to say. But she went up to the doctor and said, so what's going on with my mom? So the doctor was like, well, you know, your mom is an addict. She's on heavy, she's on drugs. Um, she's having an episode. We're trying to calm her down, as you can see, it's not working. While all this is happening, she doesn't, the girl doesn't even turn to me. She's like literally 
like I, 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 I can't even imagine what's going through my mind. But I know in my mind, I was like, "What in God's name did I step into? What is this?" Uh-huh. Uh, I'll never forget that. And her, and you know, funny thing is, that her and I, we did date it for a little while, and we're still friends to this day. But that's something that I'll never ever forget. That you know, especially even the mother was reaching out to me, telling, "Help me get out of here, whatever." Like, I know you like ten minutes. <laughs> But I was like, I'll never forget that. Well, Nelson, you got a great story to tell for the rest of your life. I'll tell oh, you yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It's funny, you know, when, when people do answer this question, how many things that you hear goes on in the dating world and how many times like you just you literally sit there and ask yourself, what the hell did I just get myself into? Like, yeah. yo, I was just trying to go out to dinner and now yeah. I'm dealing with this. Yeah, I'm like, I just want to take your daughter out, whatever. And I'm like in, this, in the middle of this, you know, freaking uh, episode of you know, <laughs> the ER show, whatever. I'm like, I don't know where the hell I'm at. Well, I appreciate you bringing that sh- that story to the show, man. I know a lot of people wouldn't want to be telling those stories like that. Oh, yeah. So you a brave one, Nelson. Thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> so my next question for you, Nelson, from the listeners is, what is something that you thought was absolutely whack until you decided to give it a try. Sushi. Mm. Sushi. I never understood it. I didn't understand how people liked it. I I never got it. I was like, that is raw. I don't know what you guys are seeing this crap. And I never remember hearing about it. And I think it depends the culture thing because I grew up, you know, like for my mom and dad, you know, grew up with, you know, Puerto Rican cuisine. So mm-hmm. that was my main, you know, source of, you know, food, whatever. And, you know, of course, as a kid, you did burgers, McDonald's, pizza, whatever. But that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. When people used to talk to me about sushi, especially in high school and things like that, and I was like, I will look at them sideways, like, what in God are you talking about? But then I met a girl and... She said to me, you know, we were talking, talking about it. And, she, and I was like, I never ate sushi. She's like, you never ate sushi? I'm like, yeah. And this was like in my 30s. And uh, she said, well, you got to try it. And I was like, I guess I'm going to have to. Now, I love it. I was so wrong. Sushi is amazing. I can even even. And I, and, I, and I find it weird when people tell me, oh, my God, I had this bad experience with bad sushi. I've never had bad sushi ever. Ever. Even and you know, but like, don't buy su- sushi from the supermarket or anything like that. And even the supermarket sushi, I've never had a bad experience with sushi. So that's what I would say that um, I was totally hundred percent wrong about. Well, Nelson, you better than me because I still have not uh, t- traced tasted sushi. I do not want to taste sushi because <laughs> I'm just like I was. I'm thinking the same way you thinking. Yeah, I yeah, do man. not want raw food i do not <laughs> want i'll eat fish i love fish yeah. you gotta cook the fish first yeah you know i'm not interested in oh when you squeeze the little lemon on it it cooks the fish no it doesn't there is no <laughs> fire there was no pan there was no oven i do not want to eat that fish I, I i think i think also i think being an artist even even if i he- i'm hesitant about certain things i will try it because of that because i'm you know you, you go through these experiences, whatever, like, you know, um, what's the other thing that uh, I can't take? What was it? The, oh, gosh, I can't think what it's called, but it's raw meat. Um, tartar? Tartar, yeah. 
I can't do Tom Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not doing that either. I cannot do it. I tried it. No. That's Bone what I'm matter, saying. Same thing. I've tried it. No. Mm-mm, that's what I'm saying. It's like you gotta do something to this. At least if you're gonna take me out for sushi, put it in the microwave for 30 seconds. Do something. <laughs> I can. I just. I'm not gonna do it to myself. You can myself. do tempura. You can do tempura. That's you know. Yeah, because that's fried, right? Yeah. But just giving me, you know, sitting at the table and having the butcher then cut it and roll it up, and it's not cooked. It's just like, no, man, I can't do it. Now, said I can't. To me, uh, I, I hear you, brother, and I, I'm listening. I'm with. I was with you there, but I, I, I have to. I have to be honest with you. It, I literally, when I did it, it, uh, it changed my way. It wow. Really so I guess then for my New Year's resolution, then I have to go to a nice place and have my first taste of sushi. Yeah, man. Start off small. You know, do like you know, reg- do like you know, the, 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 the tuna or salmon. You know, don't go crazy. Don't do eel <laughs> right away. But. Uh, you know, I would say do that. You have to have it nicely wrapped and you know, you'll be good. All right. And if I try it and it's bad, you know who I'm coming back to. I'm okay. hitting up my guy, Nelson. And I'm saying, Nelson, look, man, you sold me a dream and that dream was a nightmare. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping that that's not going to be the case, but you know, I'll <laughs> leave it up to you, bro. <laughs> All right. And my last question for you, Nelson, from the listeners is, what is a current trend that you just do not understand? Oh man, I'd be honest with you, but I I I can't get with trap music. <laughs> I just I just can't. Now, what is it about the trap music that you just can't vibe to? I mean, I think it's a. a I know there's some people that have like you know they they you know some people go oh I like the beats but you know I just can't be with the lyrics that they're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Some people say, um, I like the lyrics, but I don't like the beat. I don't like none of it, to be honest with you. I don't think the beats are great. I don't think the lyrics are, you know. I mean, that's like, well, just like Takashi 69, he falls under trap music. Uh, I I suppose. Trap right. is more trap is more like future or like uh, uh 21 Savage, you know, Atlanta-based type artist, Southern artist. It's really a Southern type thing. Okay. Takashi so- would be more like drill. Okay, so okay, so then, then let me rephrase that a little because I kind of like some of I like um, Twenty One Savage's music, the drill music. Drill, nah, you're not nah. with the drill. No, no, not 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 even a little. I have to be honest, I, I don't I don't get it. I really don't. <laughs> like, I don't. I, to be honest with you, I really don't understand how they're really making money unless you know they're doing these shows mm-hmm. and they're making you know whatever. But hey, but listen, more power to them, man. They. They found a lane that pe- that people enjoy and they enjoy it. I'm just saying it's not for me. <laughs> so we won't be seeing you at the uh at the Chef G and at the Fabio Foreign concerts. You won't be you won't be hanging out there. Those are New York icons. Yeah, but, but, but maybe if I'm just walking by, but other than that, <laughs> you won't catch me in there no. <laughs> okay, well, listen, how about this? If I try sushi. And I like it. I send you a nice drill playlist and maybe you listen to it and you'll like it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's the deal. We can do that. All right. You see, you're better compromise. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Nelson, my last question for you today is what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with as a piece of advice, a life jewel, or just something very important that you would like to express? What, let's tie a nice little bow around this Christmas present of a podcast. 
What is one thing that you just want to leave the listeners with so they can remember Nelson Ho Santiago? I mean, I, I would say in general, remember, like, like we mentioned, we were mentioning before that, you know, what you matter, what you do, what you do matters, what you love, what you love matters. Um, even if it doesn't matter to anyone else, it matters to you. Always, you know, reach for your goals, even whatever anyone tells you not to. You always, definitely, you're always going to fail more than when you did succeed. But that's part of learning. That's part of life. That's part of getting to where you need to, you're, you're going to get, you're going to go. I mean, um, that's what I do with my artwork. Um, my artwork is, uh, again, about activism, making a, more uh, awareness, awareness of what's going on, um, my, the experiences in, that I've lived through, um, experiences that are people are going through now, whether it's in the Bronx or Puerto Rico, and also uh domestic violence from my point of view of my experiences which is growing up as a child in the middle of that and experiencing um the aftermath of it um you know we all go through trials and tribulations but uh you know you one thing about uh, the good thing about life is that you know you, you you don't give up you don't give up on yourself things will be better and things will get better for you all right. All right. I appreciate that, Nelson. I think people will really take a lot from that. And I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you telling us all the great stories that you've had. And even the one when you was at the hospital and you ain't know what the hell was going on. I appreciate you telling me that, too. Yeah. And that's why people, when people buy me, hey, you want to go meet at the hospital? I'm like, wait, for what? Well, <laughs> what do you mean go meet you at the hospital? I'm not sick, but I need to go there for. <laughs> well, Nelson, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you today. I really appreciate you coming on and telling us about your whole life experience and your journey. And there's nothing left for me to do but roll out the red carpet for you again. I would love for you to reiterate your name and all of the places that the people can find you. Great, man. Uh, first, let me say uh, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Uh, you know, our love for the Bronx is true. Uh, it's, it never will go away. My love for the borough is always top notch. It's always for the borough is always number one to me. Um, and it, it, that is my heart. Um, again, you can follow me. I have a website. It's NelsonHostSantiago.com. Um, on Instagram, it's uh, Nelson underscore host underscore Santiago. Uh, Nelson host Santiago on Facebook. And I forgot to mention my Twitter. I have Twitter. It's uh, Nelson host. You can follow me there as well. Um, you know, I write little dumb dad jokes. If you're interested in that, I have that. But mainly it's about my art and about uh, bringing awareness to what's going on, uh, again, with the Bronx, with Puerto Rico, and uh, domestic violence. All right. All right. And lastly, it is tradition here on the Bronx Bias podcast that we allow our guests to choose a song that we end our podcast with. So, Nelson, the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? Please, I would love to hear Lyrics to Go by a Tribe Called Quest. All right. All right. Well, thank you once again, Nelson, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. I wish you nothing but love and success in all the things that you do in the future. And lastly, let's go Mets. Let's go. Let's go Mets. If they play, if they play baseball this season, right? If they play. 
Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Round of applause for my guy, Nelson Ho Santiago. Round of applause. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 92 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Den Zell. I want to say a special thank you to Nelson Ho Santiago for coming on the show today. Really appreciate the conversation, my brother. And let's go Mets. Can't forget that. Let's go Mets. Thank you. To everyone out there who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports, please do not forget your boy Denzel has a revamped, retooled, and reorchestrated website featuring the new Bronx Bias blog. The new web handle for that site is BronxBiasPod.com. Check it out. If you like, if you're a fan of the show and you like listening, go on there, check out the gear, check out the merch. Check out the blog if you're a fan of essay-style writing. Also, if you are a writer, a poet, or any author of any kind, and you would like to have your work published onto the Bronx Bias blog, feel free to contact me via social media or email. Um, you do not have to be a Bronx resident to participate in the Bronx Bias blog. If you are out there and you have some writing that you would like to you know, have published or you would like people to have a chance to read it, I am more than welcoming and more than willing to have you on, um, to have your work on. I will make sure to credit you with your name and a photo if you'd like. So it's an open platform for everyone. Whoever wants to write something and have it featured on the site, just hit a brother up and you can be on. And I sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone onto the site, checked out the merch, purchased some merch, and also checked out the writing. I really, really appreciate you guys. And I'm going to fade you guys out today with a great, great song, which is my guy, Nelson Ho Santiago's Choice. And it is called Lyrics to Go by A Tribe Called Quest off of the album Midnight Marauders. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 92. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there and be safe. And I'll speak to you guys next week. We are out. Lyrics to go. 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 Waking in the morning, I'll still represent the nation When I speak a nation, please don't make the deviation Rebels of the party who create the no sensation Mind is a bit of different information Microphone is on, so I cross communication Vogel at the party, then you got the vogelation Show as if my name was Jason Making all the fellas at the party lose composure Hook up the beat with the mic and it's over I Try to request me on the run for whatever right. Trials and tribulations that we have to endeavor Brothers know my CeeLo, it's a letter to the better If you see your shorty that you like, then your sweater Silly with the microphone, in other words, I'm loco Six foot zero with my high complexion cocoa Representing over, mic, it seems to be my daily right. I could do a split and turn around like Kevin Ailey But when it comes to days like this, I got lyrics like a I know it's 
two years received the job was never falling Would have tried for singing, but that stuff was not my calling The mic is in effect, so you know I'm never stalling Walking through the door and all them suckers started hauling Talk a lot of trash, but no one could seem to beat it Pull out your microphone and watch the fight for make you eat it The MCs, they get jelly when the girl is up my belly Kick a slow dance like my brother R. Kelly Today's a hip-hop draft, will I be top-seated? Work too friggin' hard while all the rest were getting weeded Steady kicking style so I could reach that other level Don't worry about getting gas, I push the pedal to the metal Always wanted this, cause it surely beats a scramble I'm Jordan with the mic, huh Wanna gamble? This I dedicate to all the honeys that be bubbling Cause at the end of the night, you know Malik will have his Trojans But when it comes to nights like this, I got lyrics to go Check it out now, just like 